Hello and welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast, where we connect industry leaders to discuss experiences, challenges and successes in the gaming industry. I'm Adam, your host for today, and I'm joined with Simon Loesch, Damian Lapper, Jared Clardy and Jakob Clausen to discuss the art of art management. But before we jump into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions of who you are and what you do. So I guess, uh, Simon, do you want to kick us off on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hi, everybody. So I'm Simon. Um, little background. Uh, I started not in the video game industry, I bet like many of us just like um, drawing things uh, since childhood. And um, yeah, and somehow I managed to make a living out of it, starting with comic books, illustration. Uh, I loved comic books, but um, definitely uh, I needed more for my family and myself in terms of income. I mean, it's very satisfying, but uh, um, yeah, I needed more probably. And I started working as a um, concept artist for the video game industry as a freelancer. Uh, and uh, and then I joined um, teams uh, in house uh, working as for companies such as Gameloft, Amazon Game Studios, and lately uh, it's been uh, already a couple of years at uh, King Activision Blizzard King, um, and from concept artist to art direction, and I believe this happened because. I was very interested in the overall pipeline. We're going to talk about this today. Uh, and because I was really trying to connect the dots as much as possible as a concept artist, I was trying to connect with the character artist or with the 3D modeler to know how I could do better and learning and learning more about the process. I think that um, some leaders, some managers realized that I was connecting the dots. So yeah, I probably, climb the ladder this way uh, and I still have this curiosity about every single aspect of the art production. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Jared, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so I'm Jared. Uh, I'm art director over at Alan Rome Interactive. Um, I've been there since like November. Um, it's almost year 17 for me in the industry. Started off as a character artist. Um, you know, started way back in 2007. So yeah, it's it's been a while, you know, it makes, Jesus, that feels like a long time ago now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so I was mostly in uh, the SoCal area, you know, most of my career in San Diego, Los Angeles, um, jumped around quite a few jobs in that area. Um, and then I took an international move um, over to Hamburg first um, to go to Good Game Studios. Um, that was an interesting situation where like, there was a corporate restructure before I actually like, started. And so I'm like, well, cool. I just like moved, you know, to a whole different country and now like my job's not there anymore. So that was interesting. Um, but you know, like for me, like that was the thing where I'm like, I'm not going to have like that be the, the reason I don't move international again, you know what I mean? So I was like, you know, kind of reinforced and, and wanted to get out of the States. Uh, and so I ended up uh, taking a job, uh, with a studio called King Flyer in Frankfurt. Um, I was there for, you know, four years or something like that. Um, then I jumped over to King Art, who was in Northern Germany. Um, and then, yeah, from there, um, up to Sweden and yeah, you know, for me, you know, the, the, the travel stuff has always been really cool. And, you know, this has been an entry that's kind of allowed me to, to do that and everything like that, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, just kind of enjoying doing everything in, in our pipeline, you know what I mean? Animation, character, environment, FX, uh, UI don't really care for UI. So, Hi, sorry to all my UI guys, uh, but yeah, that's not my jam. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of me. <laughs> Thanks very much for that. And uh, I guess we'll move to uh, Jakob. Yes. Uh, hey, uh, my name is Jakob, and uh, yeah, I I started uh, basically with idea going into movies. So I kind of studied 3D 3D art, uh, but with uh, games because we don't have that uh, much uh, 3D 3D art for for movies in Sweden so I went for like a video game school and kind of fell in love with the game process when it comes to making games like the interactiveness in in a group trying to solve the the big mystery about how to make a game um ended up starting a studio with some friends uh, during the studies and that became like a studio that we had after studies 
good uh, good learning curve but uh, i felt like i wanted to try something a little bit uh, maybe more structured and and, and uh, refined so i was thinking yeah i should go to the big city of stockholm and try try 2a or triple a so i ended up uh, working on the walking dead game that was a very in- interesting experience um that was my first experience with a cancelled game uh after that i felt like okay now I try one of the biggest to be, feel like, okay, they know how to do stuff. So I went to Ubisoft, got to work there as a vegetation artist, so a little bit more of a specialized role, which, which was very fun. Also because I had like a really good uh, teacher there uh, in Simon Barle, who really knows vegetation. So it was very interesting to see how a specialist thing can work. But uh, for me, it's always also been a little bit like I like to connect the dots between art, uh, design, and the whole product. So I always been also a little bit like looking looking the whole picture and um, kind of missed that a little bit, I think. So the opportunity came up that uh, I could join like a like a mid-sized studio in where I'm now, Fall Damage, three years ago, um, where kind of like working still on, on AAA graphics which i still kind of are aligned towards uh, but doing it in a smaller team and yeah um, doing it as a starting as a lead but then moving over to like environment art direction and i would say that's probably my journey it's been been 10 years now basically awesome thanks for uh, sharing that and i guess uh, finally but not least uh damien yeah my turn so yeah, hello guys. Like my name is uh, Damien Lopp, and I've been in the gaming industry already for almost eight years. But going actually further than that, I think I've been already in the entertainment field like for around ten years. But basically, since I graduated from high school, so I used to go like start from like uh, video editing or, or recording the studio. That's like why we were actually filming the videos for like you know. For weddings, like you know, I had to edit them, and uh, it was kind of like you know, nice journey. And I started to kind of like try different things uh, from uh, working as a light artist and the DJ on the cruise ship uh, towards the uh, web development. And it was the time when we started to also discover the action script and flash games. And it's when I re- realized that I want to go more into the games. And that was the time uh, when I actually decided to go and study games. And I moved to Finland. I started to study in game design school. And uh, during my second year, I already found a job in outsourcing. And kind of like, you know, since then, I stick to to that route. It was like a small studio in my home uh, town in Tallinn, Estonia. So it was called Retail Studios. And uh, after that, like uh, working after working on several projects, I had a chance to graduate, but also uh moved to spain to work uh in a codev studio which was also outsourcing but we had an opportunity to work uh, with sony london studio on the vr project called uh, blunt truth but also touch a little on uh, need for speed heat and it was the moment when i realized that i want to move like go further into like more uh in-house uh, development it was the time when i joined ubisoft paris and worked on projects like uh Ghost Recon Breakpoint uh, as an environment artist, and then the Mar Rabbits, the Sparks of Hope as a technical artist. And uh, during the when the COVID hit, uh, during that time, I also moved to Sweden uh, to work at Massive Entertainment. So I touched a little bit working on Avatar, and uh, at the same time also moved to Snowdrop. And this is like how I kind of like uh, went further more into the managerial topics. Uh, and was already kind of like operating with several subjects at the same time, and I uh, decided, okay, so it's time to actually like uh, get a full role as a lead, and I joined Housemark and Finland to fulfill that that goal so far. <laughs> and since then, like I'm already uh, here for more than six months, so yeah, kind of like chilling in uh, Finland. Very nice. I love to see all the uh, different backgrounds and routes we've all you know you've all taken to to get to where you are now and you just generate some commonalities there here and there uh, like moving around <laughs> for different roles uh, across the countries or across the country uh, which is always good to hear. Hi everyone this is Chris Bennett here the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. 
We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. As always, you've each brought a question or a discussion point relevant to the art of art management. So uh, as usual, we'll work our way around the room with each of you posing your question or discussion points, and then we'll have a bit of an open floor uh, to discuss that. So I guess I'll uh, hand it over to, to you, Simon. What's your uh, your discussion point? Um, I, I would like to start with a little bit of introduction because uh, this is a very interesting topic, and I believe that we could be here talking about it for hours um but it's important to know that the art of art management is very different from a company to another one right because depending on the size of the company depending on the expectations uh i often say that an art director is a kind of a strange beast uh, and not only because of the multiple roles you can have in a team but also what is expected uh, from uh, an art lead, an art manager, a uh, very practical example, if you work in a very small team, you're going definitely to be hands on, uh, or if you have to manage like dozens of people, uh, then you're probably going to spend countless hours in meetings and connecting people. So yeah, uh, whatever we can say, whatever I can say here, uh, it's, uh, it's important to take it with a grain of salt. It's not um, it's not supposed to be a rule uh, or a truce even. Uh, but uh, my my talking point is uh, it's it's a little bit dangerous for me to talk about it because it's definitely something we are not prepared at all as uh, art managers to manage. Uh, we've been trained to um, have a good eye on art to identify uh, what good means or an emerging trend. Uh, we are really good at potentially providing feedback and uh, and uh, and knowing how much time it takes to create something. Uh, but then you realize that you also have to manage people and you realize that you've never been trained for, for these kind of things, right? And um, maybe because I work for a company that is... Uh, very, very careful about uh, people. Uh, I, I, I really like talking about this specific topic. Uh, it's uh, it's difficult because uh, I don't have this background, and you, you you need to have these all these soft skills that we very often talk about in interviews or in CVs, like. Uh, what is your diplomacy level? What is your psychology level? Uh, how uh, good at mentoring people you're going to be? Uh, how good at demystifying things or at uh, resolving uh, tensions uh, and helping? Uh, I, I, I think the, the, the first role of an art director or an art lead is to be a facilitator. Uh, you're going to rely a lot on your team and your team is your resource number one, uh, and um, and this is the one you need to care a lot about. And this and and he, from here I can I can start like talking about so many sub points uh, that are extremely important in this uh, in this management. I can start with uh, hiring uh, people, talent acquisition. Uh, identifying staffing needs. You need to talk about it already with the rest of your team. You need to foresee uh, what are going to be uh, the, um, the the needs in the next two months, three months, four months, five months. And potentially, if you cannot hire, how you can manage the expectation of a production or a pre-production if you don't have these resources, right? Um, so in this hiring process, you also need to collaborate with HR, uh, create job descriptions, uh, job postings, uh, conducting interviews. Obviously, uh, already this is the first contact you get with potentially new team members and uh, 
well, it's it's easy for us to recognize a good portfolio. Is it going to be this person is going to be a good team player? Question mark. Uh, this is very often where I'm I'm spending a lot of time uh, with the HR department to we, we we often talk about this as culture fit right uh, personally I, I prefer talking about cultural addition because cultural fit feels that we're not going to really grow uh, in in that format while cultural addition is always about like yeah uh, maybe you were not playing uh, blizzard games but if you have you know another way of thinking games this might help us grow right like in a, in a, in a, in a different way um i carry on with the people when they are uh, on board you need to onboard them like make them feel uh, great about i mean it's very intimidating uh you always start any job whatever the experience you have in, behind yourself it's uh it's always a little bit starting with this uh, uh imposter syndrome right <laughs> i still have this one right like i'm changing company and then suddenly i have the feeling that i need to prove again <laughs> you know over and over again what i was doing in the past so if as a manager you 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 make people feel comfortable in the in the job uh my my personal philosophy about that is that i i heard very often like you know you need to earn trust in a in a company or in a team i i I personally rather having the opposite approach. Like I, I trust fully this person because we hired this person, and 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 now this trust is a capital, right? Like it's it's at full. Eventually, it can go down, but I'm not like every day. Like hey, you need to prove to me. <laughs> I mean, we hired you. <laughs> we know that you're you're a great person, um, but. It cannot stop here, right? Like another bullet point, it's about uh, training and development. Uh, you need to make sure that uh, people uh, follow this career, this, uh, everybody has a different objective, right? Uh, and sometimes it's difficult to manage the project expectation and personal expectations. And you might ask to people to do things that, mm, you know what, that's not really my stuff. But I mean, I understand that uh, I can add value to the team and to, for, for, to the project by doing this. But hey, think of me because in six months time, I might, you know, ask you to do something else. Um, so the, this includes also mentoring and coaching because potentially uh, you don't have uh a lead that is exactly in the craft of your employee and you need to connect to if you have the chance to work for a bigger company maybe you can ask in other teams if there is someone who can um, mentor and coach uh, whoever is working for you in your team let's say i have only one ui artist you were talking about ui before uh, i might not be the best lead for that and uh, but my duty is to make sure that my ui artist has this feeling that he's learning, she's learning, uh, that everything is is improving, right? Not only for the project, but also for this person. It's a, it's an investment for the company. Uh, it's a lot of time and money spent in this hiring process, and we don't want to see these people leaving after a couple of months. Retention is definitely uh, one of the things as an art director, as, a art, as an art manager, as an art lead that you, you need to, to take care of. Um, what else? Uh, resource management. I talked about this before. Assessing uh, the art team's uh, requirements, uh, tools like are they blocked? Do they need? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, tools, right? Like uh, anything that facilitates or improves this uh, daily work that can be sometimes, uh, depending on the pipeline, depending on the process, that could be a little bit tedious. Uh, uh, budgeting, definitely is resources, uh, optimizing the productivity, uh, while you will be asked to minimize the cost <laughs> at the same time. Um, positive work environment. Uh, you, you see, I'm kind of repeating always the same thing, right? But it's, uh, it's definitely what will foster a culture that will make a great game. I, I, I I'm, really really convinced that if we have fun in the process of making the game uh, people playing it will have fun too right uh, and uh, i've seen this too many times uh, like you you start feeling that things go 
bad like uh, that shit is the fan somehow and uh, and and, and I've seen a lot of people, re- I mean, a lot of teams recovering from difficult projects or managing difficult projects because they are strong teams. The other way around is, is very, it's, it's not that true, right? Like an amazing project, let's say, oh yeah, we got this, no prime. Yeah, we work on the best game ever. And then because you don't have the right people or the right resources for the, the people, then, then it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, it so, yeah, so like, looks like Damien wants to jump in. You can stop me whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just jump in. <laughs> I wanted to just like you know the, to actually support what you were saying, Simon. Basically, like this is uh, the conversation where like we are holding all the day, all like with the team all the time because I also like support this like uh, full fully support the, the pillar of like trust that you put in the team uh, that is like from the managerial point of view is like something that is extremely uh, uh, sometimes may might be like undervalued by some but this is like you know one of the biggest challenge for for the first time like you know, if you become for example managers exactly what you need to learn in the first case like that, that the team is the one who actually executes uh, the the tasks and uh, like builds the project and you're there to, to support and help them and to grow and assist them to be better and also build the environment to kind of like fulfill those uh, needs and uh, everything yeah this is actually i'm just like you know supporting everything that you said so this is like something that sometimes like i think uh, maybe we are over or focused on production but we always need to keep in mind that what is the culture is and i totally agree with the what your point of view about the culture of uh, not just like you know keeping the culture but also maybe challenging it bringing like new fresh ideas and this is how like uh, we actually tend to bring also new innovations new approaches that kind of like you know we always like tend to bring new things but it also supports by the core pillars of the ideal uh, sort of like um, idea of like how like what we need like the goals the ideals of the uh, trust the uh, like uh, knowing what 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 your team is capable of and adding on top of that and helping them to learn even more so this is actually like a really great uh, way of like you know like phrasing it what you said before and i i, I think like jacob is uh, ready to say something <laughs> yeah i i think it's interesting with uh, the thought about uh, as art directors or leads usually you're seen as knowing everything and having the answer of everything and i think uh, I think it's so important to uh, to make sure that you're not stuck in your ways and and changing and 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 listening to change, because um, uh, finding the right recipe for the group that you have in 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 that project or, or in that time is always going to be a different answer. I think uh, depending on what type of people there are and the situation. I mean, we work remote, for example, so that's a very different different approach than than working in studio. Um, so what we try to do is always like uh, reassess after after milestones and stuff like that. Like everyone comes in and yeah, uh, do do a post mortem and and really talking a group about what uh, worked and not worked and trying to to align to that. Um, and uh, I think that makes also for me uh, be like like being in a uh, more leading position very fun because it's like that that thing like grow. Growing that aspect of the skill is, is something that I, I really yeah take to heart nowadays. Because before it was like I felt like if I leave art the art side too much, like the tinkering with art, I, I lose that kind of like uh, um, growing as a individual skill, etc. But the arrow, do you add something? Yeah, so I was just say um, like kind of with the initial question, like you know, coming from the art background into like managerial stuff, you know, like you said, like we're not. We're not prepared for this right you know what i mean like for me it's about making stuff look pretty and also it's like manage people and it's like cool how do i do that you know what i mean so um for me you know it's always kind of been like a lot of i think learning on the job in that regard you know what i mean so it's just like you know kind of like the first thing like from you know one like the first kind of like lead lead artist position i had you know what i mean it was a lot of the stuff like going back to oh like you know how did this guy do this how did this guy do this how did i respond to this how did i respond yeah. to that you know what i mean and and i think you know that kind of just over time kind of like turns you into like the manager you're going to be, you know what I mean? Um, like, so for me, 
very early on, um, one of my leads was like very like rah rah, everything is great and awesome and, and wonderful. And I'm like, dude, like the building is on fire. You know what I mean? So it's just like, so I've always, I've always just kind of like took like that and had more of like a upfront approach on my team. You know what I mean? And it's one of the things where, you know, I think also for me, you know, like kind of working at some studios in the States, working at some studios in Germany, working, you know, now here in Sweden, like it's very different culturally, every place you're at. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, that's kind of been a, a challenge, you know what I mean? Going from here to here to here, you know, it's just like in the States and it's very much like, this is the way, like, I don't care about your feelings, go, you know what I mean? Type of situation. And I kind of took that mentality, like when I, when I started off in my first job in Germany and it's like very quickly, I was like, Ooh, people aren't responding well to this. You know what I mean? It's just like, I need to kind of like walk back and think about, you know, like, okay, like you do need a work life balance. You do need all this stuff. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, that was kind of like a reset of the whole like brain and, and thought process, everything like that. And like, that's so simple. Like even today, like I really struggle with, you know, just kind of doing that, you know, like, I think like I'm, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty good at, you know, the art part of it. You know what I mean? Visually seeing this, visually understanding this, you know what I mean? But a lot of the times, like it is like, it's always been a challenge, you know what I mean? To like, try to like get out of my comfort zone and try to like work within the team around me. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, if I start a new studio, it's like I kind of come in and I talk to them and be like, hey, like, this is the way I usually approach stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a big, like, BS, over positive type of person. You know what I mean? Like, how do you feel about that? You know what I mean? And that's just like, you know, kind of hear what people say. And it's just like, I think most of the people I've talked to, you know, most people on my team, they're like, yeah, you know, just tell us how it is. You know what I mean? They'll kind of have that one person that's like, ooh, don't hurt my feelings. And so then you're like, oh, you know what I mean? It's kind of like a mind shit, you know, mind shift switch, like as you're going, as you're talking and stuff like that. Um, you know, you know, I, I've kind of been like recommended like, oh, read this book, read this book, read this book. Um, and, you know, so I'll try it. But I'm just like, oh, man, like this is just too much. This is why at the beginning I was talking about um, being humble. Uh, you're going to learn a lot and the resources you're going to have are going to be very different from a company to another one, from a team to another one. As you said, it could be cultural differences. It could be size differences. But you're going to deal with uh, artists that have different feelings. You're talking about that, right? Like some people are going to be no filter. They can take the feedback the way it is. Some need... You need to be a bit more careful, uh, careful with them. Being humble, uh, uh, I know that in this position you expected to, or at least people see you. You, you, you're the go-to guy. Uh, you know, he knows, she knows. Uh, but very often it's not true. I rely a lot on on my people, and that's why I I, I try to nurture this this you know like positive environment because I don't believe in uh pizzas to uh to make overtime work right uh i <laughs> uh, i i i believe in in people's happiness uh obviously there is a limit right like you, you need to get things done and so on it's, it's not only a theme park where you are here to entertain people mainly but again people we we are not yet maybe with ai i don't know what's going to happen everything is going to be optimized auto, auto, in automation right like hopefully not god um but um as long as you work with uh, humans you 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 need to be you need to be prepared right uh to to manage uh these uh human feelings and just to finish on my part i don't know if i'm going over time already or not in terms of people's management uh, they, and, and once again, I could talk about this for uh, two more hours. Uh, it's a very, very interesting uh, topic. And I think one of the most important, in my opinion. Um, but don't forget also to manage yourself as manager. <laughs> uh, you're going to be under a lot of stress, right? And it's very, very easy to not disconnect, right? Like starting from, I don't know. Yeah, I worked in the States too, and the culture was different. I was working from... 7, 8 a.m. and I was not leaving the office before 1 a.m. or like uh, doesn't work everywhere and definitely it doesn't work on yourself for a very long time. At least you can, you know, like you, you can you can sprint, uh, but you're not expected to to marathon sprint all the time. And uh, 
And if you have to manage people and you are like completely tired and you like not processing anything anymore because you're just mentally exhausted, you're not going to be very inspiring and you need to be inspiring as a leader. Uh, so having this positive attitude, trying to connect people, trying to make sure that, uh, what a, um, stakeholder is saying about the direction of the game or why it's cancelled why uh it's taking that direction because the game design department is making that decision that you don't understand obviously as an artist you say why why it's happening like the art was the best and the game is cancelled <laughs> uh, you, you you need to manage all these things right uh because uh i i, I believe that um what eventually doesn't work with with a team uh, with a project that that same team can work on the following one with this acquired experience and then and then doing something greater after that uh adam i i i don't know how far i could go with that because i can go very very far uh yeah, it's fine uh, i think uh, we did, we did discuss briefly there, like uh, different people uh, in the team. So I think uh, just to go back whilst it's still in your memory uh, as well, if we just jump forward a couple of questions on the list and jump to uh, to Damien, just to keep on that uh, behavioral thread. Well, that one. So uh, you mean like you want me to read it out? Yeah, your, your question for discussion. Oh, definitely. So this question, like first, like I was thinking about like the, since like, you know, we all have like international backgrounds, but I was thinking about those, like, you know, maybe like rephrase it a little bit. So I, my question is, uh, how do you handle different behavioral types to keep the positive culture up? So basically it's actually related to what you, Simon, been talking about. And I feel like, you know, this is something that is really essential to understand also, like, you know, like. Uh, different types of people, like you know, that how they can like, handle together, how they can hold up the culture, how they compete together, like with different international background, like you know, from the different like the companies, the like, cultures, etc. So yeah, this is kind of like you know the, the question that I saw, like you know, would be awesome to try to kind of like, you know guess that. I could jump in. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think you know that that is interesting. You know what I mean? Because again, like. You, Coming from, you know, where I came from in the past, you know, a lot of our students there, you know, it's just like loud and everybody talks and you know what I mean? Like you're working, but you're talking at the same time. And you know what I mean? Like everybody tries to like joke and, and, and play and have fun, like as you're working, you know what I mean? And so for me, like that was what I was used to, you know what I mean? And then like the first job I come over, you know, in Germany, it's like I come in and everybody has like their headphones on and just head down and you know what I mean? Like don't talk to me type of thing. And so it's like, I'm like this very like, you know, talkative like kind of you know loud and obnoxious annoying person you know what i mean and and everybody else around me is just like not saying anything you know what i mean and so i think that was one of those things where you know trying to like get people like kind of come out of your shell right you know what i mean and and not so much like make people un uncomfortable in those situations you know what i mean but it's just like like you said because there is gonna be a certain point where you have like an influx of, of different cultures and different personalities and stuff like that you know what i mean and and so I think the, that that's one of those things is, you know, take those people and, and try to make sure like everybody, you know, you know, fits together. I, you know, I think that is a, an interesting thing, you know, it's for us as well, you know, like going out and, and having fun and just kind of hanging out outside of work, you know what I mean? And, and trying to get people open up, you know, and when you have like the, the quiet dude and, you know, the dude who won't stop talking, you know what I mean? Like they end up kind of getting together and, you know, the quiet dude does start talking more, coming out of the shell more and all this stuff like that. And, yeah, I think so. Like, even though I think people maybe have like some of those different personality types, I think you do kind of have this tendency to like open up, you know what I mean? And, and, and just kind of take out like the, maybe the personality of those around you a little bit more. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think one interesting aspect is like uh, re really also remembering the importance of having different types of people in a, in our group. Like, uh, if, if everyone was, the high five uh, person, then, uh, then uh, maybe uh, nothing would be done, etc. Uh, et but um, I think finding uh, kind of like different uh, place and moments for for the different types to shine is something I think uh, can be nice. Uh, sometimes the, the the person who is maybe not the the, the loudest uh, has some skills that uh, that uh, they never show off. But uh, finding ways uh, where it's comfortable doing that, I think that's important. And I, I guess we all do like show and tells and stuff like that. Uh, but talking in, into the, in front of a group and stuff like that can be hard for some people. So finding other ways to show that, 
I think it's that that's something I I try to do a lot, like making everyone feel like they they, they are part of of. of the the process that we are creating like the game we're creating and that they can show it in the way they want to show it also um so finding different ways of doing that um and then of course also like trying to uh, to uh, to find ways of uh, uh, hanging out outside of, of just game creation like you said uh, Jared. i think it's important uh, especially our studios like remote so it's even more important uh, i agree um the environment is different, right? We used to work in a studio and now uh, most of us are working in environments that are or hybrid or uh, full remote for some of us. Uh, communication has not changed though so much, right? Like uh, the shy guy is still the shy guy. The extrovert is still the one that tends to like take a lot of space in the room during the meeting, Zoom meeting or not. Uh, I'm kind of old school and I liked working uh, in the office and I like those moments. I, I like it less because now the office is empty. So like going to the office and anyway, dealing with a Zoom meeting, it's not super easy because I, I had the feeling that I could read people easier when I was in person. Um, and before what was great is that after a meeting, for example, someone who didn't want to say something because shy you know uh, during the meeting then going out of the meeting in the corridor hey by the way i have a question i or i have an idea what do you think of this that was a privileged moment that we don't have anymore so i'm trying to like to compensate this now as a manager i'm trying to um uh, be proactive about that and when i see that some people were not saying anything in the meeting then i slack them and i say okay hey uh, everything is okay i didn't hear from you do you have any idea like i mean again as a manager here you need to to go the extra mile right like you need to really help people uh because you need to balance what what Damien was saying this difference of behavior in a team because yeah it's not because you're shy or quiet that your ideas are not great. Very often, actually, uh, the quietest people are uh, the smartest. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is my approach usually, right? But it's uh, it's 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 taking it's taking a lot of time because of this new work environment. Like a Zoom meeting is yeah, is what is whatever it is. Yeah, for for me, it's been also a little bit like. I was basically born into to to remote like before before remote I was uh, not in in a leadership role so I, like I think it was Yarrow that said like learning from from past experience and stuff like that uh, all my past experience has been in studio so all that framework is very different so uh, I think for me it's 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 already always trying to find new processes on on how to deal with Especially what you're talking about, Simon. Like, how do you make sure that you catch people that are maybe not saying that much or are not that uh, interactive in the in the online meetings? Um, and um, yeah, I think I think that's something we probably all go and uh, and wondering over. It's uh, but I think it's a thing that we need to kind of adapt. I think we're not going to go back to like a completely no. studio-based uh, places. Uh, so, some are trying though. <laughs> yeah, I know some are. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, um, yeah. And maybe one last thing I wanted to add on this one. Uh, don't also maybe as a recommendation, don't force it. Uh, some people are just like not this kind of people willing to to talk or like they like they're okay being kind of backseat and doing the stuff. Uh, and that's okay, right? Like uh, we cannot force like, hey, you have to smile in the morning. You have to you know to cheer and like and dance before you go to the studio like no we don't need that. mandatory <laughs> happiness <laughs> mandatory <laughs> happiness is bad yeah in my perspective i wanted to also add to this that uh, one of the most important things uh, related to this is that you need to actually be, be like extremely uh, proactive listener uh, which is like a required like in terms of like having one-on-ones constantly uh, talking to people, like building the trust, but also listening to them. Uh, this is also like you know correlated to the like uh, safe culture of like you know self-expression as well, because 
as a manager, your job is not only to uh, help to guide, but also help to take, uh, like, uh, serve, like, how to say it, like, how to express in English. But uh, when people, they want to express sometimes, like, some even negativity, like, your job is help them to direct this negativity, they're like, you know, to express themselves so that it's not uh, just uh, the force that uh, keeps them, like, you know, like, um, away, but it's something that maybe they're, like, you know, they, they had a different experience, they want to say something, but uh, you all, you need to listen to that and uh, also, like, help them to propose new solutions, which is also, like, can be challenged to culture, but help to build it up further. Like in my experience, uh, yeah, like you know, I have seen different uh, uh, studio uh, cultural behaviors. Uh, we'll say it like that. So in some studios, for example, it was like uh, people who are like more active. They were like the ones who were promoted more and kind of like uh, always like supported by the management. While in other studios, sometimes like it's more like they're focused on more like analytical thinking that. Uh, uh, in this case, like sometimes there might be a clash, but in this case, like you need to be as a manager also like aware of yourself, of like uh, uh, what type of are you by, by yourself? Are you more like you know listener? Are you more like proactive? But also elaborate uh, further that team understands. Uh, uh, whenever it's like safe for them to kind of like uh, uh, collaborate like together with you and uh, help you to also kind of like grow with with themselves. So this is something that. I think like we sometimes like forget about that, uh, but like it's going also like towards like what is elite uh, like uh, in general. Uh, so it's not only the person like who's an expert in their field, but also like an active listener, listener and supporter to like guide and help to build the process. So yeah, this is kind of like you know something that's uh, really important, but also like it's more about like also for those people who try to become elite as well, like as a manager. Uh, so if they were kind of like, it's important that uh, when you have like a capability of like taking care of people, like you need to like push it to like you know next level. So like as a lead, you're sometimes like a shield to the team. This is something that's also important to to know. But I saw that uh, Simon wanted to add something to this. <laughs> no, I was I, w I was nodding. I mean, I, I agree with with what you say. Like yeah, I, I like the, the the metaphor of the shield. Uh, you, you need you need to protect and and push. You know, you you're expecting. I mean, you you need to um, yeah push your people to deliver the best and and protect them from a lot of noise, a lot of stress, a lot of things that can happen in this kind of environment. Um, yeah, um, I agree with what you said. <laughs> <laughs> but just to jump in there as well, because uh, you mentioned uh, Damien about being an active listener a few times there, and it kind of relates to your point, uh, Simon, where you, you can read people better in person uh, rather than through video call. Uh, and if you forgive me again for changing the order of the questions <laughs> that we decided to go through, uh, Jakob, I figured that was quite a good uh, segue into your question. Yeah, so uh, my question is uh, how to align an art team while working remotely, and I can be both uh, if you work completely remotely or you have maybe half of the studio in, in, in a building and the rest are at home. Um, and in our case, like we at Foldemesh has always been, since COVID, been um, remote first, but we have a studio. And uh, of course, that adds a bit of um, framework, like changing framework, because you kind of want to mimic the, the, the studio being in the studio culture, uh, what that all means with like going accidentally grabbing coffee and meeting up with like a tech artist or a, or a designer and having those discussions to maybe playing games on the, on, on the lunch break or taking a lunch together, etc. Uh, but also like uh, we talked a little bit about like maybe the more uh, silent uh, person, maybe uh, giving them, them a space to interact and stuff like that. Because I think for some people, uh, before COVID, like the, the studio environment was like an important pub for interact uh, interaction, especially like real life social interaction. Uh, so those are kind of like, yeah, I want to put those out those and kind of hear your thoughts about kind of like how to go about it. I don't know if everyone here is like a hybrid or if some are back in studio completely here. I see Damien, you have uh, raised your hand. So 
Uh, to be honest, like this is a really complicated uh, topic, which is like related not only to art, but I think in general to the gaming yeah. industry so far, because like there are multiple conversations happening like uh, globally, and there are a lot of conversations about like what is the best, uh, and like more and more here, more uh, conclusions are that uh, like every method can work. Uh, it's just like you know, you need to focus either more on remote side, like when you actually attempt to. Uh, build the processes surrounding that so everyone is equal uh, like everyone equally has like a voice and they can uh, support uh, the process like in their own way uh, or you actually try to bring people more like uh, unifying them in the office but once we are starting to have like a hybrid mode this is also really important to align in the fact that by our nature from human perspective is like we we tend to trust more people whom we see rather than like uh, from the online and it's something that uh, we can like you know as a man as managers we can uh, work on that but there are like certain mimics certain like those you know, small details like for example uh, you go can go to, for lunch uh, with your team member but uh, the rest for example are in the like ro working remotely in different places which can uh, like uh, create not like attention, but uh, there might be small indicators that uh, the person who with whom you constantly in, in touch, you might actually like give him extra support, extra conversations, like you know, like as you mentioned, Jakob, about the coffee breaks. Uh, that uh, this is something that really essential also to like um, to keep in mind and always try to make every single team member like valued as. Uh, uh, not as just like uh, someone who is uh, left behind, but uh, you need to pay extra attention. And that's why for a manager, it might be actually a little bit extra effort uh, for those who are remotely, if it's in hybrid. That's why like there are more conclusions about that. It's either remote or uh, fully in the office, just because like of the pressure that might be coming on the on the management in general. And Jarod, uh, you're raising your hand? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think this is a topic that you can talk about for like, two hours. <laughs> you know what I think? This, this this one's pretty fake, you know what I mean? Because um, I'm very, very much of, like, two mindsets. Um, I'm of one where it's just, like, I want to work at home just because I don't want to wake up in the morning, take a shower, get in the car, drive to work, you know, do all that stuff. So from, like, a person just totally standalone, that's what I want to do. From, like, the, the managerial director point of view, it's like, I want everybody in office. You know what I mean? It's just... It's so much easier to work in that regard. You know what I mean? So I'm like, you kind of mentioned like, just be like, look at something and, and read and understand kind of what they're doing. You know what I mean? And having that person to person connection is just leaps and bounds better than trying to do stuff over, over video calls. You know what I mean? And it's just like, not only I think on like that, that personal connection level, uh, but also like, you know, when you're trying to do like feedback sessions, like in video calls, you know what I mean? It's like, you're looking at a grainy screen, you know what I mean? So it's like, and you know, that's typical, you know what I mean? If you're watching animation, you're skipping 8,000 frames anyways, you know what I mean? So it's just like, well, I guess you just send me a file and, you know, I'll look at it later type of situation. Um, so it's just like, I think that, I mean, right now with our studio with Palindrome, like we're basically back in office. We have like one day a week that we work uh, from home. There's exceptions to some of these things. If you need to do this and you need to do this, you can do that. Um, but then we also have one of ours located in Malmo. Um, and so it's just like, you know, his setup was kind of like, you know, when he was hired, that's where he's going to be. That's where the studio was. Um, and so then we kind of have now this interesting dynamic where we have like most of our artists, most of our art team, most of our, you know, studio and stuff like that, um, is in, is in, is in studio, but then we have this artist back there. And so it's just like, for me, like, I'm kind of always constantly thinking about like, okay, like how do I make sure like to keep this guy involved? You know what I mean? Because if we have meetings and we're all in a meeting room. And he's the only guy on screen. It's very easy to just like forget he's on screen. You know what I mean? And so it's just like we uh, we actually had a meeting in the other day where everybody's like, okay, bye, bye, bye. And then he pipe, he's like, bye. Or like, oh crap, <laughs> like you know, bye. <laughs> I mean, just you 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 kind of you know you kind of lose some of that stuff. And, and so I think that's why it's a, it's a really interesting situation. And it's just like you can do one of the things where you know. If you're looking to hire somebody, you know, I mean, you have you have the situation where it's just like it's a lot easier to convince somebody to work with the studio like in, in Kovda, you know what I mean? If they can maybe stay at their, their place in Stockholm, you know what I mean? Or something like that. You know, like I was very, I was very much looking to like go into like a, a smaller international city. You know what I mean? It's like, this was a good one for me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm a little kid now and like I can kind of get out of the big city stuff. You know, we did the LA, we did all that stuff. And that's for me, I was specifically looking for this, but a lot of people like don't want this. You know what I mean? It's just, just like, 
that is a good selling point. You'd be able to be like, okay, yeah, you can you can work wherever you're at and, and come in. Um, like I said, then it creates all those additional hurdles and stuff. You know what I mean? Like if you're in office, you know, you got could just turn around and, and talk to my concept party. So you're right there. You know what I mean? Then you have an open discussion and, and stuff where it's just like, I don't have to like set up a meeting or I don't have to like ping him on Slack and then hope he sees and now you're playing tag and now I'm in a meeting and he's in a meeting and three days later, you finally have a conversation that takes five minutes. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, it, it is really interesting. Like I said, I could, I could keep on talking, but I'm going to stop for now and let somebody else go. <laughs> yeah. I have some thoughts on that, but maybe we can just hear Simon's uh, first, like, uh, would want to hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm super lucky uh, because I work uh, for a company um, as a system. We could call this hybrid because obviously there is both office and remote work, but uh, we call this team first and we let every team kind of decide uh, what's best for them. It's also a very inclusive company and inclusivity means so that we recognize that the situation of um, uh a single mom right with kids and someone who's 20 years old i mean like not everybody has the same needs uh and it's the, the day can be stressful differently from for for many people right like uh and as much as i enjoy uh the lunch or the coffee break with uh, colleagues other people might not enjoy it right and they more on the shy side and they, they just don't like this. Um, my personal experience is, because it's difficult for me to talk about this without like mentioning just my own experience. Uh, I'm coming, as, as I said before, I'm coming from a freelance background, coming book artist and then doing some freelance stuff for uh, video game companies. And, it was a, and I'm also pretty extrovert, so it was already very frustrating for me not to be you know like in the action <laughs> like i was always like hey uh by the way you could do that oh, okay thank you and then back to my room like for hours just nobody but myself to talk to so <laughs> um and uh and when i started working for uh in-house for a video game studio i was amazed how much my creativity could rocket just by talking to other people uh, that's my personal experience so the coffee break was important for me the lunch break was important for me and because even if you're talking to someone from another team like suddenly it sparks this idea oh wait a minute i can use that <laughs> like um it's uh yeah it's it's it's, it's a long topic uh I, I would say it's recognizing uh if you have the opportunity i mean again from a company to another one it's where it's going to be different uh uh, yeah, I don't know if I can add more than just subjectivity to this topic. Uh, I have to say that as a manager, it was way easier for me when I could be in that place and looking at all the screens at the same time, uh, being connected already because you, you're this interface between game design and tech and like you know everybody's coming to you and and suddenly you hear that game designers change idea right like whoa what okay and, and you can immediately jump to the art team and say wait a second we stop on this <laughs> you know like no need to do that or um or just evaluating the work while it's happening uh i lately i mean depending on the people you work with and if 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 this remote worker is giving you uh a, a preview of his job at the end of the day only and that was not going the right direction you lost an entire day right? like, wow okay that was not what I was expecting at all uh, if you have this guy next to you he's like hey what are you doing <laughs> can we talk about these two minutes um, yeah um, but some people as you said uh jared you 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 would love to work all day at uh, at home right and uh and we need to recognize that some people function better that way yeah i like the point that uh, damien did like uh, i think um like deciding what the studio is is it uh, is it online or is it a studio uh like that i think that's kind of like uh, maybe the answer a little bit because what we have done is basically we have set up a interactive studio basically on Discord where every discipline has a room, uh, which makes it very 
like I I I got to experience a little bit like the 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 COVID situation in another studio where it was like early stages for game companies handling this, so nobody knew how to 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 dwell with this. Uh, and me as maybe just a vegetation artist, I was just sitting in darkness basically. Uh, I got like my stand up in the morning, and then it was just silence for a whole day. Maybe I email, I got happy over, but other than that, it was uh, yeah, it was very silent. And for some people, like of course, we need that silent to focus and stuff like that. But I think opening up the possibility to accidentally end up with with that concept artist or 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 that uh, or that designer at the coffee place i think it's very important especially for like a, a junior like i remember myself getting to that first studio starbreeze and and uh, every time i went to coffee it was almost like oh I get, I get to ask that question that person that's standing behind me about how how they do video game development and and that was very expi- inspiring for me i remember uh, but yeah we are basically doing it uh, by by having kind of a, a digital uh, digital uh, space where you have all the group uh, like the disciplines rooms uh, and people that needs to focus can be deafened and and the silent so you respect that then it's slack that's uh, that is the rule like write them to slack uh, but it opens up also like the possibility some people just want to share the screen while working so some people in our studio are very like open showing when they work and they think it's fun to show and that just brings maybe a designer into our room looking when we do environment art work. And then we start talking about, yeah, maybe we should need to think this, uh, this, uh, this path differently when it comes to like design and art, et cetera. Uh, and getting that kind of like uh, symbiosis between different uh, disciplines like that, that's something I think uh, still is still figured out when it comes to, to online. But uh, I think uh, that's something I try to look at. But I see Adam, uh, you're raising your hand. Yeah, I'm just uh, some really good points. That, like uh, Jared said, we could talk about this topic uh, for a whole two hours if we wanted to, uh, as well. And the first question from you, Simon, again, another two hours. So uh, w- watch this space. We might have a part two. Um, but just in the, the, the essence of time, I do want to uh, allow each of you to ask your questions. And Jared, we've still got your uh, question on the board still to, to discuss. Yeah, that. Uh, so mine is basically just kind of about, um, you know, handling scope uh, within a project without sacrificing like the visual quality of what you're doing. You know what I mean? For us, you know, our directors, artists, you know what I mean? It's like you always want to do, you always want to do this right. You know what I mean? And so it's just like you know, the realization like not every piece I'm making is a portfolio piece. Not not everything is that. You know. Um, and then you know, I think it's kind of always the the timeless back and forth between art and design right design wants this and this and this and art saying oh my god you know what i mean like that's a lot you know what i mean like what about this and this and this instead you know what i mean and just kind of having that back and forth and i think you know all studios are different right you know what i mean like the the studio i'm at right now we're working within different confines than another studio you know what i mean so maybe in the past like the solution was i have money i'm gonna throw money at the problem and bring in more people you know what i mean that's not always maybe there you know, and so just kind of the, the idea, like to kind of, you know, kind of like more like separate your position as like an artist, you know what I mean? As, as trying to do this and, and understand like I'm making a video game. You know what I mean? It's like I've, I've talked to, you know, my team a lot in the past and it's just like it's one of those things where it's, we are making a game, right? Everybody wants to be like, you want to make it the best, you know what I mean? But the understanding like you're not making an art you know i think that's like a hard realization you know especially when i was doing art you know specifically to, to, to kind of hit that point you know what i mean it's just like because i wanted to just sit there and noodle on a character for 60 days 90 days just leave me alone let me let me get all this stuff right um and then you know lead comes up and it's like oh this had to be done yesterday and it's like oh okay you know what i mean type of situation like just understand like whatever like call it done you know what i mean um yeah so that, that that's kind of my the thing i want to kind of throw out to you guys you know like where do you kind of draw that line? Where are you kind of okay? Like, what happens with all that? Well, I guess I can just uh, take it from here uh, because I was thinking was the first one to raise the hand. So on this part, uh, this is something that is really big uh, and multiple studios do, do differently. Uh, from my perspective is that the one thing that is really important, it's uh, from the direction point of view and production as well, 
when uh, like creating the project, uh, the sharing the ideas and uh, building up the processes, it's really essential to know your team in the first place. Know your tech, know your team, know the cap capabilities, know the capac capacity, know everything like what you can achieve and plan accordingly to the risks. And in this case, like I saw the situations where the project was uh, really planned ahead, was executed well, uh, based on the experience the studio had, of course, like it might uh, lead to some quality loss, but they were confident in, enough to ship the project on time. Also, I saw like the opposite when the team was extremely junior, but at the same time really ambitious, which is sometimes like can be, oh, well, it's, it can be fun to work in the environment, but at the same time, they, as a result, uh, you might start to ask questions like, you know, that was not like, pre-planned accordingly. Uh, that like, okay, so how do you define this? How do you define that? And this is like, you know, essential. Like, that's why I say like uh, pre-plan, uh, use the pre-production as much as you can to analyze and understand the needs, that, but also know your team. And uh, I think this is like uh, essential that can actually help to build up the culture with the quality to follow up. So that's kind of like my take. Yeah, I agree uh, 200% on what you said, Damien. Uh... Managing the expectation, you need to know your your team, you not need to know your resources. We talked about resources since the very beginning uh, and uh, don't oversell and under deliver. Right? <laughs> um, other than that, to add a bit more value to what you already said uh, is uh, something I, I like working with is the 80-20% rule, um, knowing that we can with 80%, with 20% of our time, reach 80% of an artwork, right? It's not only in video games, it's uh, uh, it's art, generally speaking. You can be super quick at laying down all the foundation, the, the, the background and like the, the, the rough vision of it, right? And we know, as a matter of fact, that 80% of your time is going to be synced in this 20% of detail, right? And sometimes you need to, so in the composition, you know that not everything is important, right? Like the, 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 the player's attention, the uh, people's attention on an artwork is not going to be on every single inch of uh, the campus of the artwork. So know where your focus should be and, and put 80% of your effort there, right? And everything else is 20%. Uh, um, yeah, it would be great to have, you know, like this amazing background with foliage and then you have, you know, like the wind and butterflies and like, yeah, okay, kill it, man. For now, if we have time, we, we, we can deliver on that, right? So uh, it's a very important rule for me that works in many, many situations. So I, I like applying it here for, for the deliverables too. <laughs> yeah, and to add to that, like I uh, something I... Someone said, like, we all have different projects and, and different uh, kind of, like, uh, uh, places to, 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 to handle it. And I think, we like, with our game, I, we are quite lucky that we are always aiming to have a shippable build every week, which for me kind of, like, applies to my look at it, that you drag everything slowly from 10 to, to 20 to 30%, like, uh, as a whole, and not focusing on, on one small piece a little bit like the 80-20 rule like because what i see then is also like uh, you only don't have artist eyes looking at the stuff and uh, seeing everything that's undone you also have the programmer playing the game because we have the play test and you, you interact with them and see when they play or when designer play or with the producer play and 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 they have a completely different look what they are focusing they see that the giant building that's untextured but it looks cool because it has like an interesting shape and it's large and it's, it's uh, hitting the sun perfectly. Uh, but the, maybe the artists are looking at the, the vertex painting that's not done. As, and I think that's a very like just good resource for, 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 for artists always like remembering like not only environment artists or artists are going to play the game. So sometimes, uh, sometimes you like, of course, you want to take it to 100%, but sometimes maybe maybe keeping it at 80% and putting those other 20% on something else because in, in that we only have the time we have, basically. Yeah, because if you spend too much time anyway, uh, someone is going to kill your project because saying, hey, yeah. this is thing way too much money. <laughs> like, yeah. 
yeah. or, or, or run past that perfect trash bin that you textured for a week? I, I also, when I was mentioning before managing the expectations, uh, I think that as leaders, you can say, and this is where your knowledge and your experience is, uh, is, uh, is helpful, is, is useful, right? It's, uh, yeah, uh, if, if we, the prototype phase is going to be that kind of art, right? Then, uh, if you want a first play test, it's going to be like that. And then, uh, the vertical slice is going to be fully fleshed, but it's 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 not T-shaped, right? It's it's just like it's just deep. It's not broad, right? And then and then in full production, yes, you can go to to broad, but reminding everybody about again setting the expectations. This is the resources I have. Oh, my team is only ten artists, let's say or uh, five artists do you have money for outsourcing yes okay then we can leverage on the outsourcing eventually uh no you don't have uh, money for outsourcing then okay <laughs> uh i remember one project uh the entire team was set before i even uh, started as an art director there and there was some kind of crazy number of 2d artists like 12 15 or something like this and only one uh, 3d artist and they wanted to do a 3d that was animation they wanted to do a, a 3d animated um a cg a cg animated uh, show uh, so it was like wow <laughs> uh we're not going to do everything in 3d <laughs> and it was a lot of you know like it was paper cut theater stuff was really was really French actually in the end, like all well, the environment was a kind of, I mean, it was easy in the sense where animation, you, you can always choose where your camera is looking at. Uh, video games, if you give the freedom to the player to, to, to rotate this camera the way they want, it's more challenging. Right? Uh, but uh, yeah, knowing your, your resources and, and, and never, and never lying about what you, what you can do because, uh, Going back to team management, uh, if you if you lied about that uh, and created expectations, and then you have your team working overtime for months and months just to satisfy the promise you gave, that that's 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 terrible, terrible. Is there any other additional points anyone wants to make around the scope and visual quality at all? No. It's it's subjective, yeah. I, I would yeah. say it's 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 very subjective. As uh, we we are artists and we are going to discuss for hours about details that some people don't care at all about, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So we need to be humble and understand that uh, uh, when a game designer or a producer is saying, "Is it worth it?" or uh, "Can I have more here instead of there?" Uh, again, it's about managing the expectations, but not only other people's expectations, so, so our own expectations. <laughs> Just to add to this, like, uh, I think it's also important to help your team to let it go sometimes that something can be uh, like delivered, but not at the highest quality, uh, which is like serves like for like what is more important, like, you know, setting up priorities as well. Yeah, this is like kind of like also like relating to what uh, what you guys said. So yeah, just like you know, confirming <laughs> the, the value. That we heard this many times. The value of finished, not perfect, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I want to say just uh, from the discussion we've had, I know we could have uh, extended this much beyond the uh, the hour point. Um, but I just wanted to highlight a couple of really interesting points. Of course, I believe it was uh, Jakob. Your point was, um, you know, make sure you're not to be stuck in your ways, and that was uh, echoed a bit throughout the discussions. Uh, stay humble and to always know your your team that you're dealing with. Set the right expectations, as you were saying, uh, Simon and. Uh, Damien's mentioning, you know, being a good listener uh, as well. Uh, but also, uh, Jared, you point out, you know, always be ready to uh, adapt with things. Uh, you know, we're moving away from uh, American uh, viewpoints into a, a German studio might not work. <laughs> so uh, some really good uh, discussion points. Uh, but, you know, I just want to take the time to uh, to thank each of you uh, for all of your uh, insights into the discussion today. You know, Jared, Simon, Damien, and Jakob. Uh, I just want to say really thank you uh, for taking the time today. And uh, if you're listening at home and you think you want to be involved in an upcoming podcast, potentially a future one around art management, <laughs> uh, then reach out to me on LinkedIn or via very, very long email of adam.miller-betridge at evolution-nordics.com. Thanks. <laughs> See you next time.